You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com. Charlie McKinney, young man in Kokomo. Uh, I have seen, uh, seen he, he was uh, started his group to finish the Constitution. They were... Um, Demonstrating on on the sign waving on the courthouse square every Friday afternoon for several months in 2010 and uh, 2009. Um, I got a call while I was running for race, the, the county council from uh, the director of uh, facilities at uh, Ivy Tech, and uh, said that uh, my name had involved in some some defacing of state property. And they knew I wasn't involved, but they just wanted me to know about it. They were going to try to find out who had done it. And what had happened is some activists had gone and taken chalk on the sidewalks around Ivy Tech and had written, defend the Constitution, elect Jerry Titus, elect Rich Ferguson. There were three of us, two independents and myself, that were working together in the county. And it ends up that, if you didn't know it or not, all schools are considered private property now. Uh, for liability and security purposes. We got ran out of high school, Kokomo High School Memorial Gym two weeks ago. Um, but it ended up being, it was Kelly doing guerrilla activism. He's done it down in the, around the circle in Marion County, doesn't mind on the streets in downtown Indianapolis. Howard County doesn't mind around the courthouse. Ivy Tech doesn't like it. But from that, Kelly and I have hooked up. He's a great supporter of mine, great helper. He's going to work on the Horning Campaigns, Director of Activism. And he's been to several training sessions with YAL and Student for Liberty on on uh, grassroots activism, and that's why I brought him in, so he can share some of his techniques he uses. Welcome to Well, like Jerry told you, I uh, specialize in uh, guerrilla activism, so that means pretty much I'll be telling you about the exact opposite of everything Chris said. You know, <laughs> obey the law, you know, be the master of the government, etc. This is We don't want to condone anybody breaking the law. No, no, no. But anything that might um, cross what might some people might call the spirit of the law will not be attached to your campaigns. I run all of my literature dot <coughs> C authorized by the First Amendment, so there's no uh, you know, no need for uh, extra justification there. But uh, I'm going to be telling you about grassroots activism. Um, and this isn't just for Andrew Horning for Senate. Um, Dossi, I'm, I'm a libertarian. So uh, pretty much anybody running under the libertarian ballot, you know, I talk to you, I know you, then I'm going to do whatever I can to support you. I'm all about grassroots activism and a lot of guerrilla activism. Um, start out by telling you a little bit more about myself. Um, I got the nickname Constitution Kelly from when I was doing uh, YouTube videos, calling out uh, the Federal Reserve and, you know, pimping Ron Paul kind of thing. Uh, got into politics in, in 2007. Um, got behind Ron Paul for the 2008 campaign. Uh, took my public stand for freedom with a protest that Jerry was telling you about. We can skip through some of this stuff because he already told you. Um, defenders of the Constitution, trained to lead a grassroots movement by Leadership Institute, also um, Campaign for Liberty and Students for Liberty have given me some materials. And some of my qualifications, I've made videos in the past, designed literature, I have a lot of PC experience, news, I've done newsletters, I've called into college shows, organized rally, and like I said, lots of guerrilla activism. So, why I'm here is to show you what I've got planned for not only the Andy Horning campaign, but to show you what I've got. Um, one of the first things that we do, it's pretty basic, okay, is going to be tabling. Um, where do you do this? You do it at events. Events uh, uh, include gun shows, fairs, concerts, etc., um, and college campuses. It takes one to two team members, um, and requires some equipment: table, a backdrop, pins, sign-up sheets, candy, gimmicks, literature, etc. You're going to want to make sure, if you're doing it at a college campus, for instance, you're going to want to make sure you bring your own table. Because they might say they're going to supply a table for you, but you don't want to be the guy standing around with literature and boxes not having a table. So just always bring a table, no matter what. Um, and the tools slash gimmicks. Now, uh, the picture you see down here at the bottom, uh, that's my friend Jeff. I was filming at the time, and he's doing Operation Politically Homeless, which is the... Uh, world's smallest political quiz. He's giving it to this guy. And uh, some of the gimmicks that we use at our tables, because the, the key is 
is recruiting people at a table. And you want to get them to come to your table. Just being there at the fair isn't enough. You see the Republicans, they have theirs. They're like, here, here's some candy. They're all sitting behind the tables, not doing anything. They're not enthusiastic about anything. It's just a bunch of bullet points. But at ours, for instance, we had a giant US Constitution, a magnifying glass, and a free iPad 2 to anyone who could find the words um, marriage, um, abortion, democracy. If you could find that in the Constitution, you can get an iPad too. It's pretty much a gimmick to get them to come to the table thinking they can win something when really all we're doing is educating themselves on the Constitution. Um, another thing we do is the Operation Politically Homeless, which we had, which was the uh, world's smallest political quiz. And I, before I've had a video, when we did the rally at the park, at the table, I just had um, the Obama deception plan. You know, just something to get people coming over there and standing and looking around kind of thing. And like I said, purpose is recruiting. It also generates a presence. You might not see a lot of, you know, I know Rush County, last year they had one at the state fair, right? I mean, at the county fair. You know, we had ours at the county fair. You see the Republicans and Democrats, they have presence. People know they're there. Well, you know, I hear people all the time, what's the Libertarian Party? What are Libertarians all about? They don't hear about us, and it's because we don't have presence in the community. This generates that, whether it's gun shows, even small concerts. I had the best, um, I, I had the best response from a death metal concert that I went to. I went there and everyone was like, yeah, second amendment, woo, you know, and just going crazy over freedom. So, uh, you know, it just, you got to pick your events. And it produces credibility. You have nice looking people there that can talk to the public. That produces credibility for people. Um, oh, also, if you do plan on participating in a tabling event, um, there's some things that I learned about how to run an effective membership table. And uh, if you do plan on doing that, there's a slideshow I'd like to show you that just goes over some of the basics on how to run an effective table. So if you would let me know that you want to do that, then we can always go over the PowerPoint presentation. Okay, another thing that I uh, like to do is called free speech zones. Most college campuses, um, I say most, uh, like IUK, I believe, has a free speech zone. No, it doesn't? No, I'm just objecting to the whole concept of... I know, it should all be a free speech zone. And that, you know, that's what I'm preaching from the get-go. But um, college campuses have a free speech zone. It's usually like a 10 by 10 space with a park bench in it where people can, I don't know, go and curse about Jesus if they want to. I don't know what they do there. They don't do anything, you know... It's, to me, it's pointless. I don't know. What, what do you do? Why are you cursing zone? about Jesus? That's, I don't know. You know That's sacrilegious. You know, people think free speech. They, um, but like I said, where college campuses, um, team members takes one to three. Equipment, literature, caution tape, and a sign that says free speech zone. Really simple. A lot of these are really cheap. Um, and the tool slash gimmick to getting people to come to it is it's a free speech zone. You've got a 10 by 10 area that's marked off with caution tape and you're handing out literature, whether it's talk the Constitution, information about a candidate, etc. But whoever comes up to you, hey, whoa, caution, I have information here that could change your whole outlook on life and freedom. You better be cautious about it. Um, and the purpose is presence and if you're exploiting a candidate, the name recognition. Um, Campaign gear workshops is the next one. The objective is to involve activists and and motivate them uh, to get to get more support. For them. I've got my jeans here all decked out and defenders of the Constitution stuff. It's really simple to rent out one of these rooms and have a couple people uh, tie dyeing shirts and doing iron on transfers of you know in the Federal Reserve or just you know really putting the issues out there making yourself a walking billboard it's fun and if you're doing it for a candidate then what you want to do is have the candidate there to meet them that really rallies the supporters when they get to, to meet the candidate a meet-and-greet thing and um, it just gets everybody really fired up um, when after the first group of activists are recruited I say six plus because if you run for you know if you have three people tie-dye and t-shirts it's time to be you, know, you don't need to buy pizza for um, but requirement, required materials, tie, uh, dye markers, which I bought like a pack of um, Crayola, you know, um, fabric pens. It was five dollars. They had all the colors in there, and they've lasted me through like fifteen different pairs of pants that I've decorated for members of DOC. Um, but iron-on letters and iron, old T-shirts, sweaters. This is just a list of things that you might want to have. 
um, a small presentation on upcoming events with a handout, uh, things to remind people that there's things coming up past this, you know. And sporting events. Now this is where we get into some of the things that I was trained to do in um, Leadership Institute, Students for Liberty, Campaign for Liberty. Now sporting events, um, it hosts a number of what I call special operations, okay, because these are things that might, to some people, uh, go against the spirit of the law, all right. Um, and uh, all special operations are tend to be somewhat clever and always have the potential to attract media attention. So th the whole point of these is to attract media attention and to get voters converted to your way of thinking. Um, and most of these, because of the sporting events, reach either college students or high school mom and dads. So um, let's set the scene here. Say we're going to a football game, okay? As people are driving into the football game, we pull this special operation that we call Burma Shave. Um, I don't know how many of you out here are familiar with Burma Shave. Yeah, they have the commercials. Um, it's always some little thing. You know, I think we one we came up with was uh, with R's and D's are in the red, vote for third party instead. You know, and we put that on signs, and it's we're standing about five to six people down the streets, and people are honking as they drive by and they see the message. That's as they're coming into the game. They get out of their cars, they go up. Hold on, let me go through this. It takes about five to sixteen members to do Burma Shave. I've been able to do it with two people one time where we flip the signs, but that's difficult because you've got 15 cars and you've got to pick and choose what cars you want to see the full message. So the more people, the merrier. Um, equipment is signs and road space. We found out a couple weeks ago that you shouldn't be on school property when you're doing it because you know it's, it's not a free speech zone, right? It's not public property. Um, and the tools and gimmicks, it's firm shape. It, this resonates with a lot of baby boomers who are familiar with the commercials on TV. You know, they see Burma shape, they go, ah, you know, it's just like, if I was standing with my grandpa talking about that show, The Big Bang Theory, he would have no idea what I'm talking about. I start talking about Santa Barbara or a Clint Eastwood movie, and he's right there with me. This, this resonates with voters that way, in, in the same way. Um, and the purpose is name recognition. You know, at the end you have honk, honk for Andrew Horning for sin. You know. Um, but, so they go in, they park their cars, they're coming in to the football stadium or into the basketball um, arena, and you have a handout called Operation Pigskin. You do it, of course, at sporting events, football and basketball. Um, takes two or more. Two, I say two because if there's two entrances, you want one person at each entrance. They're going to be handing out this literature on the way in. Um, the equipment is the pigskin handout. The tools and, and gimmick of this is the pamphlet itself, because more often than not, okay, the pamphlet itself will contain either the start, starting lineup or the, of the home team that's going to be playing, but m most of the time we just have the uh, referee signals, for instance, for basketball. You know, you want to know what a touchdown is, you want to know, you know, what uh, legal use of the hands is or, uh, or holding or anything. And, um, but on the back of this, you have information about the candidate. So they're not really expecting something on the back to have information about the candidate. And that's, that's the gimmick. That's what gets them involved, you know, the, with the campaign. And the purpose, of course, again, is name recognition. Uh, it's going to be very basic. Most of these have great name recognition. Okay, so everyone's inside. They're watching the game. Um, that's going to be their focus of attention. So while they're all in the game, we're outside in the parking lot washing windshields. Okay, this is called Operation Clear Sight. And where parking lots, lots of cars, team members, four or more. I like to do two teams of two because you want someone to hold the stuff and another person washing the windshields. The equipment is the clear sight pamphlet and paper towels, preferably not squeegees because they leave streaks, and Windex. I mean, to me, that's kind of like you're, you're representing the party, you're representing the candidate. If they get in their car and their windshield is dirtier than when they left it, you didn't do a very good job. And they're probably not going to vote for that, no matter what the little pamphlet says. The tools and gimmicks is the pamphlet itself. As you can see, this one right here I have designed for Andrew Horning. Andrew Horning for Senate. Your windshield was washed by a young volunteer for third-party candidates. Now that you can see clearly, we hope you'll vote for Andrew Horning for Senate. 
has the picture of Lady Liberty holding up the pig, and uh, I mean the elephant and the donkey, and um, it's paid. And I always put paid for it by .c authorized by the First Amendment. Um, but of course, the purpose of this is name recognition, and it's clever. Um, one of the first things that I ever heard from Jerry was about how we, we did this at a football game at KHS. Someone came up to him at work and said, hey, what's up with this, putting all this propaganda on my windshield? And he showed it to him, and he thought it was pretty funny. Now, on the way out, um, of course, we just hit Burma Shave again. So they're being hit. It's 100% it's saturation at one event. They're going to be under the impression that these supporters are everywhere because they got hit when on their way in, they got hit on their way in to see the game, they got hit when they came out and got into their cars, and they got hit when they were driving home. So they know the candidate by now, or at least they feel they do, and that's 100% saturation to get the message out there for your candidate at one sport. Um, another thing we like to do is grassroots. Now, this one, this one really touches on the spirit of the law, is what I like. Where you want to do this one is busy highway overpass easements. Okay, that's like, you're, say you're going around 465 and you're going over the underpass and there's that giant, big, beautiful stretch of green grass over there, okay? It's gonna take two to three team members, preferably at night. Um, and the equipment you'll need is backpacks, toothpicks, kitty litter, yarn, and no doubts as to what you're doing there. I find that most law enforcement will, will question you about, about anything, but if you are convinced you're doing the right thing and that you're, you're supposed to be there, then there's not really anything. They don't have, you know, most people that get arrested for uh, having things in their car don't pull out the Fourth Amendment card before they get searched. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you know what your rights are and you use them to your full advantage, then you shouldn't have any problems. But the, the tool slash gimmicks for this is it shows up great during the day. So this is what, I, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go out 2 or 3 in the morning, find this beautiful easement of grass, okay? You're going to take toothpicks. You're going to plant them in the ground, boxing out the letters of the candidate's name, okay? You're going to go around it with yarn, make it all nice and pretty, and then you're going to fill that in with kitty litter. Very simply fill that in with kitty litter. For the next 2 to 3 months, his name or her name is going to show up really bright where that dead grass is, real big to thousands of people that go down 465 or whatever highway you can think of. And they're going to see Horning for Senate or St. Burris for Senate or whatever, whatever candidate it is. But that's that's rain name recognition. That's free press right there. It's $3 for a 20-pound bag of candy. Just please don't tell the candidate you did it. <laughs> This is why we use the dot C name again. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I, you weren't even here. <laughs> um, and of course, the purpose is name recognition. I mean, it, it's the name huge in the side of the in the side of the easement. Obviously, name recognition. Now, this is what Jerry was talking about. Operation Special Operation Chalk It Up. Um, very simply. Uh, you go to high foot traffic areas. It takes two or more people. If I've done it most of the time with two people, and one courthouse can take all night if you only have two people. The more people you have, the, the quicker it's going to go. Um, and the equipment you need is sidewalk chalk, rhetoric or bullet points, and it's preferred to have knee pads. Your knees can get pretty raw from scooting around on sidewalk for three or four hours at night. And the tool slash gimmick would be the bullet points and good artistry. You know, the, there's been a couple times when we did it at the Howard County Courthouse, and uh, we always had to do it late at night because they they spray the plants and then that just drains down onto the sidewalks and it washes away all of our artwork. But every single time I've drove down there and the, the rhetoric was visible, People are just stopped and reading. You can't help it. It's a thousand different colors all the way around the courthouse, every other square inch, and you're seeing things like, you know, um, for instance, I had informed people that uh, Rick Perry went to Billings in 2007. You know, I think people need to know that. You're not going to hear CNN or Fox News telling any of them tell the public that what Bilderberg Group is and why people are going You. Can you talk just a little bit louder? Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. sorry. Um, you guys hear me? I'm deaf. Okay, gotcha. Um, 
And of course, the, the, uh, the purpose is to confront the opposition um, because there's going to be some things out there that the press isn't going to touch on, especially if that's their candidate. Um, and you want them to know, you, know, you want the public to know, at least I want the public to know what they're getting themselves into when they're voting for certain people. Um, it also generates interest because you don't, you, I mean, at least I haven't, until I had started doing it, I hadn't seen Republicans and Democrats going out there and supporting their candidates at two or three in the morning, sidewalk chalking the, the, the courthouse or the state house for that matter. And it also gives you some name recognition. This special operation is called Great Pumpkin. Um, where you do this in a friendly neighborhood of, uh, of voters. Takes multiple two-man teams. Um, I've done it multiple times with just me and a buddy, Jeff. We went uh, through an apartment complex. And what you're doing is you're just you're hanging up a door hanger. Um, the equipment you'll need is rubber bands, a hole punch, the great pumpkin document, which is uh, the door hanger that we've created, and a neighborhood in mind. Um, the tool and gimmick itself is the pamphlet, like many of the things where we use literature, it's the pamphlet itself. And what it says, very basically, is even the great pumpkin supports Andrew Horning for Senate or Ron Paul for President, whatever you want. And, you know, people who are familiar with Charlie Brown, that kind of resonates, that might bring a smirk to their face before they throw it away kind of thing. And the purpose, of course, is name recognition and peak interest. Now, um, another thing that DOTC specializes in, uh, well, not, not per se specializes in, but that I have some experience in, is um, attacking the opposition. When you, have, when you support someone like Ron Paul, who is too, um, what's the word I'm looking for, humble to really defend himself uh, the way some of us might defend ourselves, um, I take it upon myself to do so. So a Luger event, okay, let's say Luger, Richard Luger is going to be our opposition. And he's going to give a speech at um, IU in Bloomington. Or he's going to have a press conference. These are the kind of events that Dotsi infiltrators would try to attend. Okay. Now, what a red pen event is is that would be a Q and A with with the opposition. So there's reporters, people press out in the audience, and most Republicans or even Democrats. Okay, they are only going to pick people that they know and they know that's going to have a good question, and they do this by having that person hold up a red pen. So you place your own questionnaires, have them all holding up red pens, and that person, that candidate is going to pick whatever red pen is closest to them. So you, if you can hit them with the hard questions at a red pen event that's being filmed, that's a good thing. Okay. Um, now the reprogrammed program. Okay, that is, um, say they are they're going to have a speech at IUK trying to rally the college Republicans. Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to set up .c people at the front entrance with a program that you're going to hand to everybody that comes in. And they're coming to see this guy talk because they like it. So they're not expecting all the dirt to be in this program. And that's exactly what's in it. All the dirt. Everything they're going to say, all the things they're going to tell you, but this is how they voted kind of thing. Okay, it's, it's going to pull it right out into the open for them. Sit in and get out. This is the, by far the most difficult opposition special operation that you can pull off because it requires the most people. Now, a sit-in and get-out would be one of these reprogrammed program events. You would have multiple people from your, from your organization sitting in the front row, and then multiple people spread all the way throughout. You don't want to have anyone in the same row or within five seats of one another. And you all pick a point where he's going to say something you don't like. And slowly but surely, you all get up and walk out. This is supposed to generate a, ba a bandwagon mentality where people go, you're right. He just says something I don't like. And they all start getting up. Now, that's, it's hopeful. But if it happens, that's big press. Or at least it should be. Right. And video challenges. I've, I've tried to put a, uh, an example of what I call a video challenge in here. This one is for uh, Mr. Mitt Romney. And let me see if it loads here. 
will. If not, I'll bring it up. Very quickly, I'll get this. So that would be a video challenge, um, and I've I've been uh, revising a couple of uh, Murdoch's old uh, commercials that he had that were calling out Luger, and I've just kind of revised a couple of those to try to put together one. Um, but, uh, another thing that uh, Dossie does is we like to we like to volunteer for fundraising try to set up as many events um, for fundraising as possible. And these are just some of the um, ideas. Oh, and these are just some of the ideas that um, uh, I've come up with in the past, or which, you know, not that I've come up with, obviously you'll see they're not uh, extremely original by any means, but we can always have a walk slash run, a bake sale, we can, we can sell things. Um, Defenders of the Constitution makes its own original recipe for beef jerky, and it's delicious, by the way. Um, 
and uh, we sell that from time to time to uh, raise events when we've got uh, tabling going on or um, where we set up rallies or anything like that. Uh, there's also different types of um, food products that you can go through to do fundraising. For instance, Hunt Brothers Pizza. Um, you can go and you can sell their pizza doughs and stuff like that and their frozen pizzas for fundraising events. Same thing with uh, those jars of cookie dough I've seen people do. And you can always go down to um, Gordon Food Services. They have um, boxes of candy there, like an, and they'll have an M&M's box. They sell it for $26. They require you to sell them each for a for, dollar um, a piece, and they've got about 50 in there. So they sell you a box for 26 bucks. You make almost twice that selling the candy for a dollar a piece at an event, and once you sell like $1,000 worth of candy, you get this giant, you know, 100-pound Hershey's chocolate bar or something like that. But the point is, is it's a really easy way to generate money. Um, you can also have a bingo night. And what I mean by that is you have people donate items, small businesses donate coupons and um, uh, gift cards for their small businesses. And you, you host a, a bingo night, pretty much. People pay so much for a, a card to sit down and play bingo for these pretty much random items that people have donated for us to bring in some money. And, you know, not saying that you'd have, that you'd literally have, you know, Andrew Horning's campaign running a bingo night, you know, hey, this is just, but you have someone else facilitate it and you host a bingo night that a part of the contribution goes to the campaign. Yeah. Don't you need to be licensed for the gambling in Indiana for bingo? Right. And that's why I say you use another venue because there are certain places in Kokomo, like for instance, there's like, VFW I think that, that coconut, right, exactly. You use a VFW hall. You don't have to be licensed if you're just giving gifts away. If you give it cash away, you have to be licensed. Okay, we'll see. And, and you know, like I said, I don't deal with all of the, you know. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, if it should be a free market and I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, if they got a problem, come take me to jail. Otherwise, leave me alone. I got a constitutional throw in your face. I've got a you lot know, of, of I, I, don't, I, I don't so much concern myself with that. It's the spirit of the law, you know. I'll, I'll edit that part It's supposed you. to be free. Do you have a charity for your legal defense fund? Yeah. You know what? I started generating that. Okay, yeah, you probably should have brought candy you know bars what? today. The first, the first donation I ever had to my uh, legal defense fund was I bought a, a box of 100 pocket constitutions. I think that okay. pretty much takes care of it. Um, but also, there's coupon books. You could do the same thing with small businesses that, you know, I'm, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the coupon books that they sell sometimes. You know, it's got like buy one, get one free lizards at Critter Corner or, or pizza or something like that, a free, you know, tanning session kind of thing. You could go to small businesses, you know, say, hey, look, Andrew Warning supports small businesses. He's for a free market economy that's going to get the government off your backs. Why not chip in something for this coupon book for us to sell to people uh, around the county to promote not only small businesses, but Andrew Warning? And it's, you know, pretty, pretty basic. And also, you can have a car wash. And if you get really low and you need funds fast, you can do an eating contest. You know, hot dogs are, you know, a dime a dozen kind of thing. All right, now, a big part of what DASI does and what we try to do is recruiting. Uh, now, activism always takes people. That's the most important part. I can have a thousand things planned, but if I don't have active participants, it's for nothing. I can go out and pretend to do Burma Shave all by myself. That's exhausting, okay? No, not going to work. Not going to work, and I won't do it. Yeah. So, tables are an effective means of recruiting, and it can be easy to advertise at colleges with special operations. So, we, like I said, the main part of tabling is recruiting. And one of the best things you can do is recruit high school. Now, most people, you know, recruit high school, they don't even vote. Right. But they have a lot of connections and a youthful image always brings a lot of support. You know, when Obama was up on state, McCain always had old suits standing behind him. President Obama had every college kid and their granddaughter sitting behind him going, woo, we're crazy about craziness, you know, and it just went on like that. Um, now, you've got to realize there are some differences between the, the free time we might have and a high school, and I'm going to go over those briefly. 
high schoolers, they have a lot less control of their time, um, mainly because they don't have a, a car, which also plays into less mobility and less economic dependence. If, if any of them have part-time jobs, that takes most of their time outside the school in the first place. Now, when it comes to organizing high school, there are four reasons to organize high school. Okay? One, like I said before, is the youthful image that always attracts, you know, most of the videos, not most of the videos I see, but I see quite a few videos about Ron Paul and the press is always asking him, why do you think the youth is so, you know, inspired about your message? And he always summarizes it very simply, they like freedom, you know, because uh, it's not, it doesn't get any more complicated than that. Um, enthusiasm. High schoolers lie, are, are pretty enthusiastic for the most part. And they're a great source of volunteers, like I said before. Uh, there's tons of them sitting around waiting for extra credit, okay? And kids encourage relatives. Uh, I have a 94-year-old uh, grandmother that asks me every single time I come over if I'm still voting for Ron Paul. And I go about this by showing her a Ron Paul video, and she goes, oh, yeah, he's got my vote. The next time Romney's on TV, he's so handsome. You know, but either way, you know, I inspire her vote to an extent. You know, of course, she's always on Fox News, so I can't really combat with that. <laughs> but, but you see my point. Mom comes home, I mean, uh, you know, Billy comes home and says, Mom, vote for this person. My mom doesn't, isn't involved in politics whatsoever. I tell her to vote for Ron Paul. She goes, okay. You know, it works. It really works. There's people who don't care about politics that will take your word for it. And there's six reasons why high school students volunteer in the first place. Okay. One, which isn't... Um, real likely for most, but it is a possibility, is that they're, willing, they're trying to launch their career. Okay. Um, it's cool, yeah, that's right, it's, you heard me say, it's cool, when I show up at a table, I, I, I really press that, oh, come on, it's cool, you know, uh, you know it's not like you know, weird or anything, but it's cool. Extra credit, if you can get in and talk to a, um, a government teacher about, uh, you know, if they, if they participate in a I don't know, a candidate form or something, then, you know, perhaps they can get five points extra credit or if they um, attended, I don't know, anything, any one of your events and they can prove it, give them some extra credit. Convince it enhances their resume. Do I? Convince that teacher to let them out of class for your event and you're even more cool. That's right. Well, there you go. Yes. Yeah, that's a little more difficult to do, though. That's where I go into the spirit of the law. Just come, go to school. Just come with me. You know. Um, but it enhances resume. It, it, you know, I would think that a uh, letter of recommendation from Andrew Horning um, would, you know, probably put, you know, put some credibility on my resume at least. You know. Um, and letters of recommendation from the same thing, campaign managers, etc. Just adults that have experience in the private world. You know, anything is, if it's written well, it sounds good to most people. <coughs> they don't have to know who Andrew Horning is or Rebecca St. Burris to know that this is a really good letter and they sound like a really good person, a candidate for the job. And volunteer work required. There are kids where there's volunteer work required for, um, like, uh, I know there, there's kids that go half days for emotionally handicapped things. They've gotten in trouble with the police. They have to do work, you know. The, the only reason why they're cleaning up the park rather than doing something fun like a, a candidate's workshop is because that's not available on the table for them. You know, if they can learn something about a, civil, a civics lesson rather than just cleaning up the park, then why not? Once again, organizing high school. Ways to recruit. Okay. Um, offer to speak to or during a class. Uh, you, if you have it in good with one of your old government uh, teachers or, um, I don't know, even if, it's just, if, even if it were an English class or an American literature class and they were in the Founding Fathers documents, you know, this, that might be a good time to get in and try to talk to the class and uh, work in there that you're, uh, that you're coordinating for campaigns. Um, extra credit, like I said before. Make, yeah, make follow-up phone calls. If you send a letter asking um, if you can come to the school, call them because that they get they get thousands of letters a day. That's sitting on their desk, and unless someone tells them to look 
you know, to, to file it or to take it through the process, they might not. You know, not to say that they're not doing their job, but they've got a lot to do. And speak to students. Emphasize how fun it is. Uh, like the, the campaign gear workshop. Those are fun. You have, you have pizza, you sit around, you listen to music, you draw all over your clothes. What can be more fun? Okay. Um, and, uh, and pass around the sign-up sheet while you're talking to the class. So people can go ahead and start signing up. And set up tables at school slash events. Uh, at college campuses, um, you want to do it in the early morning, usually in between classes. For instance, Ivy Tech has classes that go from uh, 11.20 to 2.10, and then one, again, that starts from 2.40 to 5.30. So in between 2 and 3 would be a perfect time to set up a recruiting table in, for an hour in the foyer so that you can get people that are coming into classes, asking them if they want to volunteer. Here's a piece of it. Good, we're almost done. All right, and there's a few important things about caring for volunteers. Now, um, seeing as how I, I coordinate a lot of the events, this will be something for me to keep uh, in mind, but also for you to keep in mind. If you're volunteering, okay, this is how you should be treated. Keep me accountable, I don't mind. Um, 10 tips about volunteers. Know your volunteers. Know their goals and motivations for why they want to be there. Because if they're there for extra credit and they don't care about freedom, then you don't want them speaking to everybody about freedom. Because they don't, they don't care about that. You, may, you might want them licking stamps or something. I mean, you know, just whatever. <laughs> just say. Um, and don't waste their time. They're volunteering their time. Have something for them to do. And be useful to volunteers. If they ask you a question, give them an answer. Not just any BS, but you know, try to have an answer. Be prepared, you know, like Chris. Um, and recognize their turf. If this person likes to take a lot of pictures, set them up as the person who takes pictures at events. You're in charge of pictures. You're, you know, you, you're going to coordinate all of the pictures for the newsletter. You're going to candidate, you're going to coordinate the pictures for the, for the website. And follow up gracefully. Hey, have you done that canvassing yet? No, you don't go about it that way. You know, call them up. Hey, where are you at in the project, etc. You be graceful about it. They are volunteering their time. And mix politics with fun. Like I said, order a pizza while you're writing all over your clothes kind of thing. And make them part of the team. Don't be stingy with labels, okay? You know, make them feel like it's part. they're part of it. They need to have some ownership over what they're doing. So, like I said, it's saying you are in charge of the pictures for the newsletter. You know, that gives them some ownership. And be a cheerful leader. Okay. Uh, you don't want to be Eeyore uh, when you're talking to candidates. And reward volunteers. Uh, it's as simple as, my, for instance, I got my mom to come to my um, tabling class. And... Uh, Afterwards, I just printed out a certificate on my computer and signed it and, and sent it to her in the mail. And she hung it on her wall. It says certified tabler for December, defenders of the Constitution. Now, her friends give her a lot of jokes about that. I thought you were just a waitress. Now you're a tabler, you know, kind of thing. But, but she gets it, and that's an important thing. Uh, and like I said, don't be stingy with titles. Now, the most important part well, one of the most important parts that comes just a little later in the campaign is canvassing. It's what I have the least experience in doing, but I have been trained to do it, okay? And I'm familiar with the process. Now, over here, we've got a canvassing form. You can't see it, but it's pretty much just, um, you can make it with basic Excel. Um, it's just a checklist. You are trying to very quickly get people's opinions so that you can target voters. Um, Oh, yeah, and if, there is, if there's not enough support in certain areas, for instance, if there's not 15 people in the Miami County area that want to go, that want to go canvass canvassing, I always want to say caucusing, canvassing, then we'll do phone banking. And phone banking can be really fun. You just follow a script, you ask the questions, you throw a little bit of your character in, and you be real with people, and you, you get your answer, you get your questions answered. Um, now, the, the problem with that, of course, is not, not nearly as many people have a home phone. So when you do phone banking, mostly you're going to be reaching people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s sitting at home that still have the, wire, that still have the wired in phone. Um, so unless you can get you know, a cell phone 
list, then then that's not going to really get a uh, a good scope of the voting population up there. Uh, but when will you do this? I, I like to do it in spring. It's nice outside. <laughs> and you can get an early spring canvassing in. That just helps you better prepare for one in the fall. Um, how? Recruiting canv uh, canvassers. I like to coordinate with college groups because .c, .C is pretty local to Howard County. And we've got about 15 members and about four of them are active enough that I can call upon them for for special operations. So people people is always the the, the key here for, for any event, like I said before. So I'd like to get a hold of um, Student Government Association at any university. You know, you're the government association. You're just going to sit around once a week and, you know, talk about what you didn't do last week. Um, you know, Students for Liberty and Campaign for Liberty, they're already pretty much on our side. Um, so it's pretty easy to recruit them. And, you know, hello, my name is Blah. I'm conducting a political survey. May I ask you a few questions? Uh, you don't say who you're from because then you, you might get a biased uh, response right off the bat. And that's pretty much it. From tabling all the way to canvassing, I try to do anything. So do I have any questions? All right. We'll just be under canvassing. Um, okay. I have a friend, like, I used to, back in, like, the early 2000s, like, I used to run different, like, channel boards, like, uh, 7-Eleven Chan, 420 Chan, whatever, I used to moderate those boards. So this is back when uh, the protest of Scientology was going through. And uh, I have a friend that started working for Ar Sharif, and which is he promotes Muslim equality through uh, social media aspects. Um, I asked him for a, a email bomb list of everybody from uh, the Occupy thing, the Occupy the Ballots, Occupy the Courts. Mm -hmm. So I have a bomb list that's like 7,000 emails of everybody from Indiana as part of that movement that with one click I can send multiple, multiple thread units into 5,000 different groups, 7,000 different emails each individual with one click. Uh -huh. Is that permissibly used under canvassing? Uh, I wouldn't. Um, it, it, it depends on the content of the email. Are you? Is that what the purpose you is? You can add any content you want to the email because it's all scripted. That be it. It's a shell script that we wrote, which is an automatic grow uh, Firefox. So with several clicks, I can sit there and get as much information I want out. The question with it is, is how these emails were attained were mostly through hacktivist efforts, which is email farming, email gathering through right. methods of hacktivism. It'd probably fall under anti-spam laws, so you probably couldn't yeah. use it. Right. Precisely. Yes. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, I wouldn't email bombing is kind of like that's something I might do under Dossi if there was an important issue that I wanted people to know about, and that's something I would use for opposition, to do, to do something against the opposition. If I wanted people to know, hey, this guy voted for NDAA, you know, Tandis Hyde, then I, that's, that's what I'd use an um, email bomb for. I wouldn't use it for canvassing. Yes. Because you're turning people off. If you, it's, it, that, you become like a telemarketer to those people, instead of someone who came up to the door and asked politely for an opinion. So I think the key point to canvassing is the one-on-one -on -one personal relationship you develop with the people you're talking to. Right, absolutely. And, and you can't you get that from sending out junk emails or, right. or postcards or whatever, yep. walking door to door and talking to people or seeing them at tables or, or events or whatever is the key thing to one individual asking that individual for their vote. Right. And, and, my, and my instructions on, on canvassing that I would give to volunteers is different than something from someone who knows the candidate, knows how the the campaign's being run and is really involved with it because a volunteer might not and most likely will not know all the issues and cannot talk to that person about it. So that's why the canvassing sheet that I've shown you is very broad. It's a checklist. You, they either get a check, yes they vote for this person, no they wouldn't, yes they agree with this issue, no they aren't, no they don't, you're voted or you're not voted and you, you want to have voter registration forms with you. My, my, my issue with the, the question was uh, since Occupy members tend to be very social media-esque, and what they do is everything's done by like a tweet or by a signal flag, right. and any type of information, it's like, hey, protest here at 6 o'clock, boom, 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 boom. Right. It's, it's a huge list of people, what these lists are. Yeah. So let's say like there's an Occupy the Ballot thing, like what they're trying to do right now is make like a referendum initiative for uh, the Indiana Constitution. If you hit up on a key where it says, uh, protest downtown Marion County, you know, 7 o'clock for Occupy the Ballot, They'll be there with the drop of a hat if you get those emails. That's their whole point. 
which is a very aggressive, very, you know, I'm going to be out there at the drop of a hat type of moment. Yeah. So, um, considering that case, even if it is kind of like a telemarketing issue, if you look at it as more of a, uh, you're looking at a, a youth organization that is very active in there. Right. Like, they have no problem camping out in someone's yard for like weeks, a months at the end. You have no problem going to jail. Right. They have no problem, you know. Um, you're going to tear gas me, tear gas me sort of situation. So they're very dedicated to any type of information you string out there through a flyer hit. So would it be okay to use that type of youth generation through uh, different hardcore groups, different uh, DIY? I could see why that would, I could see how that could be justified. But first, before anything, before sending email bombs, I would get a hold of the leadership that posts the protest um, information and ask them to do it for you. Because them doing it under their name and you doing it under under your name, someone who might not be involved in the movement, is completely different. If you've got leadership passing down, hey, I've been talking to this guy, he's got a lot of good information, here's a canvassing form or something that you need to fill out. That's a lot different than you just, you, you know, you've, to them, you've stolen their email and spammed them. You know what I mean? Regardless of, I mean, if, if I got a bunch of spams from someone I didn't know, well, I might open I didn't them, might not. I got it offhand, but oh, I, well, I know I, I've, I've used I've used um, programs that, that yeah. you know you put in. I want to you know I, I want to find people that have 420 at the end of their email, you know, and boom, the whole list of them comes off. It just pulls them off of you know MSNBC and all these other different sites, and I want to send it out to them, you know, kind of thing. You know, I, I've I've used those programs before, and, and I never really got a good response. Yeah. <laughs> I never. I think the rule of thumb. I mean, you have to keep in mind politics is the people business. I mean. It's about making personal connections, and if your first introduction to a person, no matter how active it is, is something where they feel like they've been defrauded, then you're gonna you're gonna lose right away. Right. I mean, what he's saying, if you talk to the leadership of any group, and they sort of vouch for you, then someone that they trust is saying this guy is also trustworthy. Then that's a good connection. You know, so you have to judge on. I mean. Be empathetic about I mean, how, how you view the situation. Yeah, I, I know the Occupy ballot people. Like I know who they are. I've right. met them several times. So, if you know those people, that'd be different. Because, for instance, I, I know a lot of the people from Occupy Kilkenny. If I were to send out a mass email to them and someone didn't know, then they would, you know, they'd simply tell me, "Oh no, that's all right, Kelly. We know Kelly. He's cool. He's come down and helped us sh show us some chalk and chalk it up at the, at the park and stuff like that. He's cool. You know, that's." <coughs> but if you don't know the people, it's it, like you said, you're just you're defrauding. I, mean, I don't know all of them because it's kind of hard to know seven thousand people like right, well, right bad, But there right. are people like you know with different Facebook groups that I know. That some of them I met personally. Some of them I like. Yeah. The AFL-CIO meetings at Marion University that were there as well. Like I said, make the connection first. That's that's the okay. key. You want to you want to have that relationship developed first. Was there same to Joe? Okay. All right. All right. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.